0: Welcome to the Faith Christian Fellowship of Montego Bay's podcast. We are reaching for his glory through building and teaching. I hope you are encouraged and edified by this message. I want to continue to share with you this morning about seeking the kingdom. And uh, we want to particularly get into Seeking the righteousness of God this morning. That's where we will end up uh, as it relates to to today's session. Now, some people might ask, why is it that you keep talking about the kingdom so much and all that? But we continue to keep the kingdom of God before people so that people can keep seeking. The kingdom of God. Anything that you want people to follow, you keep it before them. And we want you to follow the kingdom, to seek the kingdom. So we keep the kingdom before you. Because if you seek and keep on seeking the kingdom of God, You will find it, you will find different dimensions of the kingdom. If you keep seeking the kingdom and God wants you to find the kingdom. We remember about the merchant man in Saint Matthew chapter 13 verse 45 and 46 and the scripture teaches that there was a merchant man seeking goodly pearls. And when he found one pearl of great price, notice he found one pearl. Why? Because he was seeking. If you seek, you will find. He went and sold all that he had and traded all that he had for that One pearl of great price. The Bible says the kingdom of God is like that. Now I want you to recognize something in that, that that pearl of great price that that merchant man found was interesting because he had other pearls before that. But he was still seeking. You're probably in the kingdom, but there is a cause to keep seeking because you want to find new dimensions of the kingdom. So we keep the kingdom before you so that you will keep seeking, seeking, seeking the kingdom and find new dimensions of the kingdom as you progress in God. Another reason why we keep the kingdom before you Is because the kingdom of God is the only antidote to religion. It's the only remedy to religion. And if you have been born again for any long time, any good period, and you're seeking the kingdom, you know that you're tired of religion. And the kingdom is the only antidote to religion. So we believe that as you find new dimension of the kingdom, you will move away from bondage or the bondage of religion and be who, uh, all that God wants you to be. You know, religion is a set of rules. It's a set of systems that is not God-breathed are inspired by God and lead to bondage. And that is important because the fact that it is not God-breathed, it is not inspired by God, that means there is no life in it. It does not generate life. It does not bring life to your life. So it is either it brings life, or it brings death. We know for sure that it does not bring life. So that means it brings death. And that is one of the reasons why we stay away from religion. Because it does not bring life, it brings death. Which also means that if it generates death, it cannot Give life to those things in your life that need life. So there are people who have situations where they've lost hope. Or put it another way, their hope is dead. Religion cannot generate life in your hope. So you remain hopeless. When we talk about death, we're not just talking about physical death. But areas of your life that need to come alive? Purpose, destiny. Summoning your will. Moving to the next level. Religion is unable to uh, enable that because it does not bring life. It is not inspired by God. Why we keep the kingdom before you? Because the kingdom gives life. Jesus said, I am come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. So the kingdom system is about, about inspiring life. It is inspired by God and leads to a culture that produces life. The scripture says in Timothy that all scriptures were given by inspiration from God to man and is inspired by God and will produce life in your life, as I paraphrase. Now, one of the biggest challenge that Jesus had in his life, in his walk on earth, was with the religious people, because they promoted religion. They were not so much interested in kingdom, they were interested in religion. So in St. John chapter eight, for example, we find a situation where a woman was caught in the act of adultery and they brought her to Jesus because of their religion, out of their religion, instead of the elders sitting down with the woman and talking to her and restoring her and giving her kingdom. In their religious faith, they brought her to Jesus. Say, Moses said, such a woman should be stoned to death, and they came with their stones. I promise you that that woman wasn't sister or mother to any one of them that brought her, but because of their religion, they brought her. And Jesus said, Yes, you're right. Moses said that. But any one of you that is so holy that is in righteousness, we're gonna speak about righteousness Ask the first word. The religion was in pieces in one moment. In a of place in the scripture. We find, interestingly, that there was a woman who, the Bible said was bent over, had a spirit of infirmity for 18 years. You know how some of you could, can behave when you're sick for two days. 18 years, she was bent over with that spirit of infirmity. And Jesus showed up on the Sabbath. He said, woman, be healed of your infirmity, kingdom. Met the need. And these religious people were upset, saying, how could you do that on the Sabbath? Religion. And who cares if it's the Sabbath or not? Eighteen years of death over and you get the chance to be here. Why would you want to wait another day? So Jesus, it looks good, but you shouldn't really do it on the south. And Jesus addressed the religion because religion is about appeasing self and appeasing the organization upholding the rules of the organization this church teaches but what the bible teaches jesus said you hypocrites because the very people that are talking when you have an emergency with your animal on the sabbath day you go and attend to your animal isn't that so but yet here is a human being who has an emergency and you're saying no to that. How can religion make you into uh, such an epoch? And so I submit to you this morning that kingdom is the only antidote to religion. And that's why Jesus wants you to find the kingdom so that you can continue to be all that God wants you to be, that you can become everything that he intended for you to be in your life. I was having a type of communion with the Lord recently. And he said, when you find the kingdom, you will attract money instead of money attracting you. It's interesting. I've never seen it that way before. And we continue that conversation for a while. And then he said, but that's what I have been telling you in St. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Seek ye first... The kingdom of God and all his righteousness and all these things, including money, shall be added unto you. So, well, what? I never quite saw it that way before. You know, the of that. But forgive me, Lord. But he, he wants us to find the kingdom so that instead of us chasing after things, Instead of you feeling that you have to relocate or compromise your integrity or do things that are not right to survive and to be successful, God said, if you find the kingdom, things will come after you. Abraham found the kingdom and he was wealthy. first, the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added unto you. Sometimes the very things that we desire, the things that we do separate us from the possibility of achieving those things. God wants you to be successful more than how you want to be successful. But He is saying it has to be on my terms and condition, not on your terms, because your terms are inspired, are going to be inspired by another kingdom. So sometimes the very money that we want, that we are seeking after, what we do, gets our opportunity to really get And the reason why some people have not found the kingdom to include the different dimensions of the kingdom, to include things like fulfillment and abundance, because, you know, that's very important, fulfillment. You get to 60, 70, and there is no sense of fulfillment in your life. You're miserable. What a joy it is and will be for you that when you get to that age, you can uh, be of a, a source of inspiration to the youngsters to say, yes, I've done that, do this, I'm praying for you, I'm standing with you, I'm supporting you, I'm prepared to sow into that ministry that God has given. What a source of fulfillment to say, as Paul said, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. And I have kept the faith. Source of fulfillment. The reason why some people don't find the kingdom is not because they are not diligent people. It is not because they are not hard Workers, it is not because they have not even confessed Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. It's not because they are not honest and sincere. It is because religion has guided them wrong. Because many of us got born again in religious circumstances. And it is very hard to undo some of those things that has been deposited in us for a long time that we first knew and uh, uh, seem like something else is threatening that it's not easy to embrace the new. But I challenge you today to see the kingdom, see new dimensions of the kingdom so that you can see your life in God the way God intended uh, for it to be. The search for uh, the kingdom of God has to be by faith. It cannot be in your own strength because there are dimensions, discoveries, different aspects of the kingdom that just cannot happen and will not happen in your own strength. As creative as you are, you can't make certain things happen in your own strength. It is by faith. It is faith that makes the journey attainable. So as wealthy as, as Abraham was, he could not become the father of Uh, many nations and the father of faith in his own strength. It was the hand of the Lord that made it possible. Faith in God. Moses was a great leader, but it could not happen from taking care of the uh, sheep in the desert to becoming Israel's leader and maybe greatest leader in the history of man outside of Jesus, it could not happen in his own strength. And this is why you read Hebrews and it says, by faith, Moses. By faith, Noah. By faith, Abraham. By faith, Jacob. All of them attain the promises of God in their life. By faith. If you are going to find the kingdom, it is going to be... By faith. When it is not by faith in God, then religion sets in. And religion is about maintaining the rules of the organization. It's not about reaching out. It's not about Uh, engaging, it's not about restoration, it's not about healing, it's not about reconciliation, it's about maintaining the rules of the organization. So, we cannot adjust this because this is how it has always been. This is what this denomination is about. God is calling it into something different today into something new. As I said, we're really heading into talking about seeking the righteousness of the kingdom. And I want to read Saint Matthew chapter 6 verse 33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his Righteousness. I want you to take note of something here. It didn't say seek ye first the kingdom of God and righteousness, but his righteousness. His, his righteousness. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and God's righteousness. Because there are so many different versions of righteousness out there. People have all kinds of perceptions and definitions. But it says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. The righteousness that is according to our Father God. The righteousness that is according to the kingdom of God. Seek ye first The kingdom of God and his righteousness and, and all these things shall be added unto you. There was a time when I never really found certain dimension of the kingdom. And I have to confess to you that there was a time in my life when I was seeking the things. But I cannot begin to tell you how much better it is when you seek the kingdom first. Because the things, the things will happen without effort when you seek the kingdom. Joshua said, if you meditate on the word, that on the word of God, you know. Not on business plans. I'm not saying you shouldn't think about your business plans. Or whatever, but if you meditate on the word of God, that's how you make your way prosperous and have good success. Because that word is going to produce life. It's going to uh, guide you. So seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Now, I ask you today what is the measurement of the righteousness that you stand by in your life? Is it according to God, word, the kingdom of God, or is it according to the organization that you're a part of, or is it according to your religion, your traditions? See his righteousness. So Jesus had to address that many times. One time he said, all your righteousness is as filthy rags. Let's deal with a different version. All of your righteousness is as filthy rags because if it is not measured according to my word, it cannot stand up. What is the yardstick The thing that you measure it by then, if it's not the Word of God. He said, except your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Because that's a fake version of righteousness. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So Lord, we say, Let your righteousness work and reign in us. You see, in an era when there are new normal every day, we must not misunderstand that the measuring stick for righteousness has not changed. Yes, we live in a day and a time of new normals, but the measuring state has not changed. God's righteousness is still measured by the word of God. Amen. So it is still wrong to malice. I don't hear the justification that you have. If they troubled you first and they did that, it is still wrong to malice. It is still wrong to worship any other God because the measuring state has not changed. And I don't care who you know that is involved in the worship of any other God than Jehovah. It is still wrong. It is still wrong to cohabit with anyone outside of the marriage covenant. And of course, when we talk about the marriage covenant, we're talking about a marriage between a man and a woman. And I don't care if you have children. Our nieces, our nephews, our brothers, our sisters, mothers, our fathers that are involved and you're sympathetic to them, it is still wrong. The measuring stick for righteousness is the word of God. Do we give up on them? No, I'm not suggesting that we should be hostile to people who are not living according to righteousness, but... You also need to use this to guide your prayers for them so that you can pray for them and call them back into righteousness. Call them into the things of God. Especially if they grew up in your house where they know the righteousness of God and serve the Lord. It is your responsibility to hang on to that covenant and call them back into the righteousness that is according to the kingdom of God. In this Time of new norm. The kingdom standards have not changed. You know, one of the major issues issue that Jesus had with the religious people when he was walking on earth was that they kept moving the measuring stick on righteousness. And uh, refuse to acknowledge the right standard. That's why he had to call them hypocrites. Because trying to move the measuring stick on righteousness is motivated by the devil, is inspired by the devil. Satan was the first one to try and do that And he continues since then to uh, try and move the the, the measuring state. In Genesis, we see where he appeared to Eve and said, you know, yes, God said you shall not eat of the fruit of this particular tree. But guess what? You shall not surely die. He's moving the measuring state. God said, You shall surely die. And he said, Well, it's not quite like that. In fact, God do not want you to be as wise as him. That's why he's telling you that. He He moved, he shifted the standard there. And Eve and Adam bought into it. And there uh, happened the fall of man because they agreed with the devil about moving the measuring stick. Sometimes we have to come face to face because we ourselves have to acknowledge that this action of mine does not measure up to righteousness, so I have to adjust. answer is not to move the measuring stick to try and feel comfortable, but to acknowledge that you are falling short of the standard. I've fallen short of the standard before, but God has made provision for that. So all of us have to acknowledge that, come to that place of acknowledgement in our lives that, look, it is not... (laughs) The word of God that needs to change. It is not God that needs to adjust his way of doing things because we're in the 21st century. It is you that need to make the adjustment. Righteousness is the most important kingdom key we have on earth. Nothing, absolutely nothing, attracts. The favor of God like righteousness. And ain't no favor like the favor of God. David said, I was young, now I'm old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken. And forsaken by God, we're talking about. Never seen the righteous forsaken. Oh yeah, the others people will forsake the righteous, but I've never seen the righteous forsaken. Because what David is saying there, the favor of God is what really matters. Never seen the righteous forsaken or a seed right In Genesis, if you read the account of Genesis. Genesis chapter 6 talks about how wickedness of man was great in the earth, and it repented the Lord that he had made man, and grieved him at his heart. But God found one righteous man in Noah, and Noah attracted the favor of God because of his righteousness. Noah, the Bible says that Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Grace means favor, unmerited favor. And the Bible says, Noah was, God said to Noah, you only have I found righteous. So build me up Noah. So in the midst of all that is going to happen, your righteousness is going to preserve your life and your family. is not concerning what we said a while ago that you've never seen a righteous forsaken or a seed begging bread. So Noah wasn't forsaken. And his children, even though they might not have been righteous, the righteousness, the favor of God, extended to them because of Noah's righteousness. You have children. You have nieces. Nephews, you have family, your righteousness is important. That is why you can't do what they do. What many people don't know is that it is because of you why your community is not overrun by all kinds of spirit, they don't know what you do in secret, but you. Keep that community. But you can't go tell them that because they don't understand and they might laugh. that. Now, from grace in the eyes of the Lord, Abraham negotiated with God for Solomon Gomorrah and got God's attention, full attention delayed the judgment of God on Solomon Gomorrah because he negotiated with God on the terms of righteousness. If you find 50 righteous down here, would you destroy? In the book of Luke, St. Luke chapter 1, the Bible said that Elizabeth and Zachariah were old people, but they didn't have any children, and Elizabeth was barren. So, one the woman is barren, but two, they're old. So everything is against them having children. It goes on to say that they were walking in all the commandments of God, blameless, righteous before God. And the righteousness of that couple attracted the favor of God. Even in their old age, God said, I'm going to bless you with a child. And Zachariah's righteousness, the righteousness of God in Zachariah's life caused God to have to shut up Zachariah's mouth, to not interfere with the miracle. The righteousness attracted God's favor so much that God went to the extent of saying, Zachariah, I cannot afford for you to mess up this thing at this stage because the righteousness has already demanded this favor. So, you're going to be done for a while so that this miracle can come through. It's not that God was punishing Zachary, He was protecting him from himself. And God has to do that with us sometimes. Yes, to protect us from ourselves. Yes, to deliver us from ourselves. Sometimes. Jacob wrestled with that angel on night. Then he said, I'm not letting you go until you bless me. The, the angels said, What is your name? He said, Jacob. He said, that's the problem. You are a deceiver. That's what the name Jacob means. And you need to be delivered from yourself. I'm changing your name. God delivered him from himself so he could walk in new dimension of God's will for his life. And so God has done all that he need He needs to do for you to walk in righteousness. And I, I want to say something there for a moment because how I mean many of you have ever been in a position where you have extended yourself as far as you can go, or, or as far as you need to go for someone, and they don't seem to even appreciate the sacrifice. In fact, you hear them saying things like nobody ever doing it, and, and things like that, and you wonder, does this child, does this person know? All that I've put him behind the seat. Well, Jesus has done all that he needs to do for you to walk in righteousness. So when you walk in sin, unchecked, that's a slap in God's face. Let's read First John chapter 1 verse 9. First John chapter 1 verse 9. It says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we confess our sins, that's all we need to do, you know, those of you that are born again and have accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, that's all you need to do to maintain righteousness. How can that be so hard to confess your sins? That don't mean you have to come before the church and reel out everything. No. Go talk to God in your secret closet. That's all that needs that needs to be done. If you confess your sin, what is so hard about that? To walk in righteousness, so that you can attract the favor of God. You don't need to blame anybody else why you sin and who caused this and who you don't like and all of that. You are complicating the situation. All you need to do is to confess your sins and stop making excuses. He said, "If you confess your sins, is faithful and just." forgive you of your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. God is interested in you being cleansed from unrighteousness. So if you have to confess your sins 24 times a day, He's willing to hear you so that you can walk in righteousness. Now, do you know, do you realize what for you to be in this position of being able to confess your sins before God? Let me give you another little what it cost. The Bible said that when Jesus was on the cross, blood flowed out of his body, pierced. So the point that water started flowing. That is an indication when the water started flowing that every drop of blood was drained out of that body. So I am saying to you, I submit to you that Jesus gave every drop of his blood for you to walk in righteousness it took jesus being separated from his father something that he never anticipated in the garden he said father if it's thy will let this go pass that's the agony that he felt as he was about to be crucified that was for your righteousness so that you can confess your sins before God. Can you allow that to go into you? It wasn't something that Jesus just declared that it shall be so and it happened. It took every drop of blood in his body. It took separation from his heart. It took the agony of death. You cannot afford to be so casual this precious gift of being able to ask God to forgive you of your sins. Did you know that they did not have this opportunity in the Old Testament? Moses and Abraham and Isaac and Jeremiah, Elijah, Ezekiel, they did not have this opportunity. Righteousness in the kingdom of God is never about man's standard, but always about the standard of God, the kingdom of God. Righteousness in any kingdom has to do with the laws of the kingdom. So righteousness, the standard of righteousness, has to do with the laws of the kingdom of God. It is about walking according to the laws of the kingdom which would mean right standing with God. Righteousness is right standing with God. Walking according to the laws of the kingdom of God. We need to get back to the place where righteousness is a priority. Yes, there is no no condemnation to the, those who are in Christ Jesus. But that's not a license to sin without even thinking about it. That's not a license to just sin freely with no regard. Unfortunately, sometimes people who are in the church are not the best example of just and that hurts because God is dependent on you to model His righteousness. Righteousness is not something that you do one time. So we don't repent after this service and ask God to forgive us, but you go back and, and live with someone that you're not married to, but no attempt to correct that situation. I'm not here saying that you were not meant for each other, but what we're saying is that the covenant of marriage, outside of the covenant of marriage, the bed is defined. That's still the word of God. And I don't care if you have relatives that are doing that, it does not make it right. The standard does not change. I am not suggesting that you're going to be anti those people, but you still have to model the level of righteousness that God requires, even if you have to stand alone. Now, I'll be the first to tell you that you cannot really effectively reach out to people and restore them by being untidy. So I'm not suggesting you know, to cut off anybody. That's when you should reach out to them. Because if you don't reach out to them and connect to them, then some other unrighteous person is reaching out and depositing what you don't want to be deposited in their life. So you have to take the lead to deposit righteousness The standard of righteousness. So, I challenge you to hold on to your your kids. Hold on to the youngsters. Even if it look like every time you attempt to reach out, the thing gets worse. Don't be intimidated by the devil. Don't be frightened by his activities. Trust the word of God. Righteousness is not something that you do one time. It's something that you pursue, according to Saint Matthew chapter six, verse thirty-three. It says, "Seek righteousness. Seek the kingdom of God and righteousness." Seek means seek and keep on seeking. On the close with a scripture from First John chapter three, verse seven. It says, "Little children." Let no man deceive you. He that doeth righteousness is righteous, even as he God is righteous. Wow. So you have the ability to have the same degree of righteousness that God. So it says, Little children, let no man deceive you. Let in other words, don't listen to any other standards that anybody, standard that anybody is putting up. Don't listen to any other preaching that is not in line with what the word of God says. Because he, according to the word of God, it says he that doeth, or that word doeth means to practice. The, the correct translation here the Greek is to practice. So he who practices righteousness, practices means that you keep doing the thing over and over and over again. Practice is not one time. If, if that's your version, sorry. But practice means that you do it over and over and over. And it says, He that practices righteousness is righteous. Which means that you have to keep doing the thing over and over and over and over again and making the standard. He that practices righteousness is righteous even as God is righteous. I encourage you today to let us together seek the righteousness of God in a way that will set standards for the next generation, for the the next set of youngsters that are coming through. If you and I and you and you and you do it, Then you create a culture and one of the strongest influence that there is, is culture. So let's do it together so that the next generation can grow in a culture of righteousness. We've seen all over the world where on the level of nation, on the level of organization, on the level of individual, righteousness has been compromised, open. We as the church have to repair that. We cannot blame Andrew Morris for repairing that or not repairing it. We don't blame President Trump. And that the church has that responsibility. We thank you so much for joining us today. God bless you and have a great day. You may contact us by email at fcfmontegoBay@gmail.com, at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram at fcfmobay and on Facebook at fcfmontegobay.